Good evening, Little Saigon, Seattle. Good evening to New York City and Hawaii. Good evening to all the people who are currently living at the very top of the Andes mountain range. Good evening to the ancient Incan palaces filled with ancient Incan ghosts. Good evening to all of those individuals and groups of people currently migrating east to west or west to east or north to south. All I have to say is good evening to all the folks out there. It is September the 18th, 2020, right around 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Maybe a little after, right? I moved the statue down the mountain. I carved the stone hewn from my soul. I gave you five pieces of fragmented bliss. You took four cuttings of my sacred tree. the statue down the mountain. I carved the stone hewn from my soul. I gave you five pieces of fragmented bliss. down below buried beneath the statue. You left a cenotaph to all those men on the skids of love. You know who we are. 
And it's not just men, it's women too, but this is a little misogynistic poem to massage that part of the male ego. Yes, indeed, it is September the 18th, 2020, and that was just a little bit of a reading from some of the bullshit I write. And when I say write, am I a writer? Yes. Have I been doing disciplined writing in recent weeks and months during the scandemic, blam, blam? You know what? If I have the energy for disciplined writing, I give it to Jesus. That is the truth right now. If I'm going to be a servant of God... I say to myself, do I have the energy to write this week? And you know what? I'll write for Jesus. And I do. I'll write a prayer. I will make notes for the discussion on Sunday. And I commit myself to that because I promised that. I promised that when I got baptized. I promised Jesus when I got baptized that I would take this seriously. It wouldn't just be some kind of thing. But as far as like ordinary creative writing, I've tried to hit, you know, I, I've written a few chapters for stuff that I wasn't able to finish. I was working on something that I thought would be really cool and was cool. Got four chapters done prior to the scamdemic. And then when it hit, it just kind of knocked the wind out of me. So yeah, there's writings on here with the LSR notes and you'll see the link in the notes of the whatever, but if you don't know how to find these notes, you can just go to igluluau.com and look for LSR notes, and these are the LSR notes that refer to September the 18th, which is today. Um, not tomorrow, not yesterday. I have a couple little Saigon reports for yesterday's notes and perhaps even some other day's notes that I haven't gotten to yet, and let's just say that I will do the best I can. My intention is for any given set of notes to do a podcast, but you know what? Maybe that's crazy too. Maybe that's insane. I don't know. Maybe that is insane. I don't fear gypsy women. I fear my gypsy lover. You know I do. I really do. I fear my gypsy lover. I don't fear gypsy women. I fear my gypsy lover. gypsy women. I fear my gypsy lover. I don't fear your gypsy magic, woman. Your old world, new world, 
blood magic. You put something in my spaghetti. You put something in my spaghetti sauce. And now you put a hex on me, baby. You replace my heart with a wasteland. I don't fear you. I fear my love for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy, crazy series of thoughts. Okay, so when I was stationed in Korea, and just so you know, the general strain follows these notes that I currently keep at igloo.luau.com as stated, September the 18th notes for LSR notes. But this next little bit, this little thing about gypsy women. When I was stationed in Korea, I had a platoon sergeant who once told me that he would not, we, we were having lunch together at the NCO club. This is the story. And I think this was the winter, I think it was like February of 1998. Can you believe there was once a February 1998, son of a bitch? Can you believe there was once a 1998? was once in 1998. Can you believe it? Yeah, so when I was stationed in Korea as a air defense officer, platoon leader at Camp Stanley, I had a platoon sergeant, and we were having lunch one day, and he said, and, and, I, and I ordered spaghetti, I ordered the spaghetti with the spaghetti sauce, and he said, sir, you shouldn't do that. And, and you know, listen, folks, if you've learned anything about me, I am curious to the point of my own destruction. So if someone says something like, don't order the spaghetti sauce, it makes me want to, you know, well, you know, why? Well, sir, if you order the spaghetti sauce, women will put something in the sauce And then they will gain power over you, they will control you, they will manipulate you, they will torture you, 
They will stab your heart in two. They will shred your mind and replace it with goo. Yeah, so my platoon sergeant, you know, I was having lunch, you know, we did this once a week. We would talk about how things are going, how's the training, how's the, how's second squad, how's the Humvee, is that Avenger turret still broken? Oh God, what did the warrant officer say about fixing it? Fuck, fuck, fuck. But then out of the blue, I'm ordering spaghetti and he says, sir... Don't order the spaghetti. And I, and the thing is, I know he meant well. Like, he was just looking out for a bro. But when I dug deeper into it, I got into some mythology. So this guy, this platoon sergeant, grew up in Louisiana, grew up in New Orleans. And he claimed to me um, that women using voodoo would use some of their menses in red tomato sauce to control men, to put love spells on men. This is what he told me. You know, truth before the Lord in heaven. This is what this guy told me. And at the time, I thought, okay. I mean, I was an atheist at the time, so I didn't really believe in the supernatural, but I did have respect for mythological traditions and whatnot. And so I thought to myself, well, there's something powerful, though, about blood. And, you know, tomato sauce is blood-colored. So if... If blood gave you power over others, then I suppose it makes sense to put it in the, you know, in the, whatchamacallit, the Chef Boyardee. Put it in the Chef Boyardee. What do they call that? What's that name? That fucking name? Ragu. Ragu. Chef Boyardee's got Ragu. What is Ragu? You ever ask that fucking question? And don't they, again, I went on the internet. That's just Italian for tasty spaghetti sauce or something. I don't fucking care. I don't care. If you could see my blood red eyes right now... If you could see the laser beam face that I have on right now, if you could see the warrior face of Leonard Nimoy grasping onto the side of the Enterprise with a neutron hand grenade in his other fucking hand. Yeah, if you could see that. So indeed, 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 let's, let's get past this, but, and also, I'll say this, I was talking to Raylene the other night, and I was honest about something, 
you know, okay, I try to be very honest, right? We all do, but we have these lines. We say to ourselves, I can't be this honest. I can't tell them about, for example, how truly disgusting my toilet is. Like, if you saw my toilet right now, you would probably turn to a pillar of salt. I know that I have a sister, God bless her. She's a clean freak. Um, thank goodness the likelihood that she'll ever see this bathroom is zero. But if she did, she would freeze into a pillar of salt. And then it would be like, holy smokes, look what I did. I froze my sister, you know, turned her into a pillar of salt. And that's not good. So that's enough about spaghetti, I think. But yeah, I was thinking about that little piece of advice my platoon sergeant gave me and um, let's move on. And you know, we can file that under whether you are an officer or you're a gentleman like an enlisted, little piece of advice the platoon sergeant gave you. You know, I, I, I get I, my theory is, <laughs> oh my God, I wish I could have heard, heard the, the platoon meetings. You know, as, a, as an officer, you need to have boundaries, which means your NCO needs to have the authority to basically run the troops, specifically run the troops, you know, um, when, you're, when you're on post, when you're not in the field. You know, yes, it's true. When you get to the field, the officer should take over. But the natural pace of things for the Army is the non-commissioned officers more or less run things um, when you're not in the field or at war. And um, I would even say further, probably in reality at war too, but let's not go there because I never went to war, so I don't really know. All I know are stories. Um, I was in the military, but I was never in combat. I missed the war on terror by this much, which in, th in that case actually was true, not like, you know, inspector whatever, freaking uh, get smart guy. But yeah, I wonder what it was like to hear that platoon sergeant. If you were a private in that platoon, listening to his advice, I wonder what crazy ass shit. Uh, my guess is enlisted folks get a lot of crazy ass shit from their platoon sergeants about how to have sex, you know, what kind of food you should eat. And maybe some of this advice is good advice. But maybe a lot of it could be crazy. And this is the danger of giving people power over your life. You know, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. But indeed, if you're gonna go get spaghetti and you're a woman, this is how you can get your man. Make him some spaghetti. Make him some lasagna. Make him a pepperoni. No, make him some lasagna. Okay, I've already grossed people out. This is horrible. Next topic is actually another little chunk of writing. My stone face. My stone face hides a hole in my heart. My stone face hides the hole in my heart. My stone face is the wall, the barrier between my memories of old pirate kingdoms and the last stand of the hippopotamus armies of Sector 5. 
My stone face hides the hole in my heart. My stone face is the wall, the barrier between my memories of old pirate kingdoms and the last stand of the hippopotamus armies of Sector 5. And you will get me three pounds of cocaine. And you will get me three pounds of cocaine. And I will hide my nasty stone face from you. Yeah. Not sure what I was thinking of when I wrote that, except I've been watching the In Search Of bullshit because it sucks you in. Fucking Leonard Nimoy sucks you in with his bullshit. His eyes, his fucking demon eyes. He tells you about Bigfoot and E.T. and Ogopogo and the Loch Ness whale shark and who the fuck knows what kind of killer bees are flying up your butthole. All of this is real and all of this is coming to kill you. And if you're not careful, yes indeed, there are creatures in the night that'll call out. The Wookiee armies are calling out for us now. Wookiee armies and whale armies. Those armies are forming up. Whale armies form up and the wharf rats play dice and roast the bullhead over the fire. Candy mates, trinkies, flippity flops, hang out near the fire. Candy mates, trinkies, flippity flops hang out near the fire. The smoke is sticky and black, and the pain overcomes the ancient scent, the scent of creosote and old whiskey nightmares. The smoke is sticky and black. And the pain overcomes the scent of creosote and old whiskey nightmares. And I am Chingus, dead. Indeed, Leonard Nimoy. You are Chingus, you are dead. (laughs) 
Old Leonard Nimoy is gone. Destroyed by time. She told me to take that last breath. She said, take my breath and my gold and my PCP. And she wandered back to the woods, to the cave, to the place of forbidden grace. And she made a pyre. And upon it she roasted her sadness with pine nuts and sage and bitter fruits. And that's enough said about that. So if you've never seen, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie um, The Warriors. I, I pretty much want to play this because I feel like there's this whole freaking message here. So let me let me cue this up as they would say in the olden times of the monkey freaks. are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Furies. The Bumpers. The Hi-Hats. The Lizzies. The Turnbull ACs. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! are the warriors we know about the warriors they're a heavy outfit they're from coney island warriors you guys are the big dudes huh now they're in the bronx we're going back 27 miles behind enemy lines it's the only choice we got between them and safety stand 20,000 cops <laughs> and a hundred thousand sworn enemies i want them all i want all the warriors you're getting where I'm going with this crazy ass shit warriors they got one night they got one chance yeah I was thinking today I was trying to piss off some people I don't know I was trying to piss off some people online sometimes I do this you know this is why I didn't want to do Twitter again for a long time and it's also why if you come across you know uh, my account in these notes and you say maybe I should follow Dan on Twitter I don't think that's a good idea 
I don't think it's a good idea to follow me on Twitter unless you're willing to accept the saltiness of my crazy... But today I was trying to piss off some women by making some statements that were am not maybe not ambiguously, maybe not ambiguously, but kind of ambiguously misogynistic. And it wasn't, you know, because I hate women. I talked about this with Raylene. I don't really hate women. It's just, um, I don't know. I got weird feelings about women. But I also know that they're there. And I also know that I shouldn't just sort of behave just because I have those fucking feelings. I, this is actually a good conversation about all, about people's crazy, too, because we all have crazy, all right? A lot of us just don't want to admit it. I don't know. But we all have crazy. And I do have some crazy thoughts concerning women. And, you know, probably these are things that impact my ability to have a functional, you know, relationship with a woman right now. I don't even know where to go beyond that. Now, just because I have these thoughts doesn't mean I should express them, but I do have fun sort of just getting people's ire up, you know, just sort of pushing them a little bit towards the edge. It's kind of my way of testing whether or not everything's about to explode. It's sort of like one way to test a dam is to take a hammer and start hitting it. Yes, you know, if it starts to break, you could argue the hammer broke the dam or did it detect the fracture? I mean, that's the thing. If I, if I walk along the outside of a giant dam with an impact hammer, a rubber-covered impact hammer, and I hit it every 100 feet, and then the dam collapses, is it because of the fucking hammer, or is it because the dam was ready to collapse? Anywho, I'm currently rationalizing how my triggering a gender war, a war between the sexes, can be rationalized in reality, it cannot be rationalized. It is a monstrous idea. But I did think that if it ended up happening, it would be something like the Warriors, you know? Gosh, people are screaming outside right now. You can't hear it. That's because these microphones are pretty good. But there are people screaming outside right now as I talk about craziness. And it's just, it's so poignant. Yeah, I, I, I've already commented on the idea that um, Coca-Cola should still have cocaine in it. I, I, oh, I've never had cocaine, but I woke up today thinking I would really love to have a Coca-Cola, but the kind they used to sell when this, this was still a free country. And when, this, when, 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 and when this was still a free country, you could go get a Coca-Cola that contained cocaine. And I'm sorry... But I think that rocks. I'm not saying we should all go get a Coca-Cola. And I'm also not saying that kids should. Although, frankly, I think that's something the parents should take care of, not the state. You know, 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think you want the state babysitting your family. I really don't. I know that I know that in recent months it's become so obvious to you that the state is wonderful and loves you and cares about you and wants to hold you close to their gooey gooey heart. I know you look at this thing that I sometimes call a Hieronymus Bosch monstrosity, a giant crocodile, crooked and craven and filled with caves and sadness and tumors. But maybe I'm wrong. A lot of you look at the state like it's mama, papa, Yeah, a lot of you folks do, so I don't know what to tell you, but I wish they did still sell Coca-Cola with a little bit of cocaine. I think that would be honest. Otherwise, they should call it Caffeine Cola, okay? They should be honest. Call it Caffeine Cola. Call it Industrial Waste Cola. But why can't we have good old fashioned, I almost said good old fashioned, you know, put an R in there, because I feel like in the olden days, that's how they said frashened. Why can't we have good old frashened Coca-Cola with the cocaine? With cocaine, natural healthy cocaine. Natural healthy cocaine. Yeah. I'm kidding, I don't think we should do cocaine as someone who's trying to spread the word of Christ, I think if I spread the word of cocaine, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. I have a comment here from around 6.30 p.m. about gypsy mind control techniques that women use. And in reading this comment, I feel like I've offended at least two different groups, gypsies and women. But is there any truth to it? Do women use these weird techniques to control us and then come back and say, but we don't have any kind of power or control? And I know you're going to say, Dan, are you justifying thousands of years of patriarchy? No. No, 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 no. I would even go a step further and say, I think women are just as capable of being crooked as men. In fact, I think women are just as crooked as men. If you give women the same power that men have, you'll probably end up with exactly the same fucking outcome. Sorry. When it comes to power, men, women, gay, straight, trans, quatronium, frimbian 16, new genders, frimbian 16. It's a mix between a furry and a, a trans quadrazode lesbian, a frimbian 16. But no matter what your gender is, or you hypothetically think it could be, anybody with too much power is dangerous as fuck, except for God. You know, I just, I just summarized a fair amount of the Bible for you. People with too much power are dangerous as fuck, except for God. Although God is dangerous, God is not unjust, whereas people with power are dangerous, and more often than not, extraordinarily fucking unjust. So, happy fucking voting. But do I think that women have gypsy mind control techniques? Better question. 
Have you ever had those gypsy fingertips of the mind pulled on you? Have you ever walked into a bar and seen a beautiful brunette or a blonde or a redhead and said to yourself, Have you ever walked into a bar and seen a beautiful woman and said to yourself, this is my chance to fall in love? Have you ever walked into a bar and seen a beautiful woman You walk up to the bar, you walk up to the woman. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She doesn't have a ring. You say, hey baby, you're so fucking beautiful. You say, hey baby, you're so beautiful. I love your boobs. enough about that. I don't know about the whole gypsy mind control, whatever. What is third wave feminism? What is third wave feminism? It's the Thunderbird. The coastal Salish Indians would talk about the Thunderbird, the Skybird, the Skyhawk. What is third wave feminism? It is the Thunderbird spoken of by the coastal Salish Indians. It is the feared sky eagle.
It is the great sky freak sent from the devil to tear open our worlds and replace our pumpkin spice get-togethers with whiskey knife outings and rat-born mind illness. And you tell me to vote? And I say, here's a knife. And you tell me to vote? And I say, you can have my knife. Great Sky Eagle, the Great Sky Freak, servant of Satan, that is what third wave feminism is. And here's a knife. So, Bigfoot. I know it's come up a lot in recent podcasts, but you need to understand there's a reason. Bigfoot Do we have to kill it to prove it exists? Does Bigfoot need to die? Do I exist? I'm just the chumbly rump who melts in Little Saigon and awaits the great jostling. I just see a meat sack of sad thoughts and a horrible haircut and a spare tire for a 4x4. Remember the food 
Remember the food, the food your mom would make you? Remember the first time she made fresh homemade Velveeta? Remember that first chunk of fresh homemade greasy yellow glimuglop? Did you have Velveeta soup? Did you have Velveeta pizza? And it was covered in black sand and your face was red from the sun. And your father will be home soon. And someone will get yelled at. You remember that food? Yeah, I have a comment here about fucking pinball machines and tilt. I don't know if any of you guys remember playing pinball. I know this totally dates me, and I totally don't fucking care. I'm 50 years old. When you get to be 50 and you can still breathe and walk and do other things, you get at least a C+. So fuck you, little runt out there. I'm 25. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. But some of you remember pinball machines, and they used to have a little uh, a little device that checked to see if you were cheating by tilting the pinball machine. And interestingly enough, a little message would pop up that said tilt, tilt, T-I-L-T. And it's, you know, it seems like, I, I just, when I was thinking about America and the, and the world right now, and the general state of things, it occurred to me that the tilt sensor has been going off for a few months now, but no one can tell, no one's noticed, it's just flashing tilt. That's what I see. Or maybe when I think about the election in November, what I see is, is are the letters T-I-L-T, tilt. You know, basically the general sign that anybody from the year 1977 understood. If you lived in the year 1977 and you saw a tilt, you know what that meant. If you saw a T-I-L-T, it meant the game is over, the game is up. You broke the game, or technically you cheated. 
it seems like the tilt has been going off, but no one's noticed. I don't want to. I don't want to go into that. Let's talk about the Wookie armies. Wookie armies are moving in. Crimbic weavers are mending the tapestry, ready for furry beasts and poop disasters. And you say you want some new music on your iPhone? You want cocaine and cuervo? The cigarettes are burning next to the bedstand. The cigarettes are burning next to the bedstand. The hooker is asleep. That's right, Wookiee armies are coming for you. Uh, I'm not going to read this misogynistic bullshit. I was going to, but I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about the Gronkus Lords, about Tremuli 889. You don't want to know about Tremuli 889. I am 50 years old, my friends, as stated. My insides have turned to Tremuli, Tremuli, Tremuli 889. I am composed of dead pus and grankus and weird ants that live in my ears. I hunt at night now. I hunt at night now. I am the nocturnal creature. The ancient paste is my salve. And all the plastic lords are falling into that sinkhole. So currently, there are eight warlord clans competing for the control of Seattle. There are, as you well know, the Gronkus Lords. The Gronkus Lords that wander the streets between 14th and 12th, between Volunteer Park and Broadway. The Gronkus Lords who wage war and combat upon the pain and suffering by creating more suffering by spreading pain. That's the first warlord clan vying for control of Seattle. The second warlord clan are the East Side Trimbics. Side Trimbics are the computer geeks, the Groguzeks, the Glumbi. They're the ones that control the Silicon Highway. They're the ones that will be buying cocaine from you tonight if you're selling cocaine. 
watch out for the east side trimbix they're the second warlord clan the third warlord clan vying for control of seattle are the real estate surf nazi commies The real estate surf Nazi commies are the ones that control the land, they control the rent, they control your apartment. They're the ones that will toss you to the sharks, to the trumbics. They're the ones that have rat parties down by the sewer. The real estate surf Nazi commies will go to a place, a special place, a special fancy place and get their fucking cheese, McMuff cheese McMuffin artisanal. fourth warlord clan vying for control of Seattle are the squirrel hoarders. The squirrel hoarders mainly move in the region that some people call the Japanese gardens or the swamp zone down by Mont Lake down there. The various, the frickin, you know, the arboretum. The squirrel hoarders live in the Arboretum. The squirrel hoarders hunt during the day. They usually cook their meth at night. Watch out for the squirrel hoarders. The fifth warlord clan vying for control of Seattle are the Nongos. The Nongos represent mostly out-of-work people who are congregating at beer halls and clumptus poinks and old wineries and the drumptus zone. They're the ones that hang out looking for beer that's not there, for whiskey that is gone. They're the ones hoping for some sort of a miracle, but it's going to be a cocaine, cloudy, devil-ridden, protein shake of crabs and gonorrhea miracle. The Nongos wander the streets in a state of total denial. Watch out for the Nongos. The Sixth Warlord Clan is roughly based upon the mythological structures and systems of Rapa Nui, also known as Easter Island. The Sixth Warlord Clan is known as Tangata Manu. That's also Birdman. 
They live on Beacon Hill. They control Beacon Hill. The Tangata Manu control Beacon Hill. Their nests are located up there. Tongata Manu warlord clan of Beacon Hill. They build their nests and their 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 various rookeries and various places and nookeries and cookeries and all the clutches and all the places where the various bird people of the Birdman cult of Beacon Hill hang out. Watch out for them though. Watch out for them. They they've got saber tooth and snaggle tooth. They've got the poison of the mouth. They got really bad halitosis. Watch out for Tangata Manu. The seventh warlord clan vying for control of Seattle is the Ginger clan. You will find them mainly around Northgate. Some of them live in the regions around Belltown. the seventh warlord clan the seventh warlord clan vying for total control of the seattle metroplex is the ginger clan these are the redhead freaks these are the freckle freaks you know be careful the gingers be careful the redheaded freak children wandering the streets of seattle they'll be wearing kilts and weird leather boots with with spiky tips on them They'll probably carry multiple knives and, and, you know, jerkin or kirkin or gherkin. They'll carry all kinds of razor blades and pain. And their shield will be regret. And their armor is built of sadness.
The last warlord clan vying for total control of Seattle is close to my heart. It is DFGTC, also known as Dr. Freckles Global Tontine Club. That's right, the final warlord clan that is vying for control of Seattle is Dr. Freckles Global Tontine Club. You can learn more about going to dfgtc.org slash dfgtc.pdf. You can read the fucking contract. I don't give a fuck. Neither does Dr. Freckles. This was a social contract you agreed to while you were still in your mother's womb. And if you were grown in a tank... You agreed to it in the tank. And if you were magicked out of existence by, a, by an ancient Egyptian reptilian wizard, you, we still talk to you, fucker. So read the fucking contract. Only one of these warlord clans shall win. And the die has been cast. Only one of these warlord clans will succeed in victory. Overall, Seattle, I'll tell you that the Ginger Clan and Dr. Freckles Global Tontine Club will likely form an alliance. It's true that DFGTC is mainly a juggalo army. But we're also a bunch of fucking gingers, too. So yes, the ginger clan will temporarily form an alliance with Dr. Freckle's Global Tontine Club. But the reality is... At the end of the day, once they've knocked out the Nongos and Tangata Manu and the Squirrel Hoarders and the Surf Nazis and the East Side Trimbics and the Gronkus Lords, they're going to look upon each other and say, Shall we not finish this? And all of Seattle will go quiet. Die has been cast. And the Slug Witch feeds. If the Gronkus Lords take Beacon Hill, though, then Seattle will be lost in the nasty swirl of oily residues.
Can you dig it? Can you fucking dig it? Next topic for September the 18th is a quote from Dr. Freckles. Everyone wants to be in a Godfather movie. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to be in a Godfather movie, but no one wants to be Fredo. That's right, everybody wants to be in a Godfather movie, but no one wants to be Fredo. Random statements about gold and silver, don't need to read those, don't want to talk about some of this other shit. Calls himself Osrat. Calls himself Osrat. He spends time watching your door. He spends time watching your cat. He lives behind the dumpster, not far from the heroin needle pile. His eyes are red and green and angry. He pulls you into his fear grasp. His mouth is wormwood, blood. calls himself Osrat. He spends his he spends time watching your door. He spends time watching your cat. He lives behind the dumpster not far from the heroin needle pile. His eyes are red and green and angry. He pulls you into his fear grasp. His mouth is wormwood. Blood.
that's weird. So this was the Little Saigon report for September the 18th, 2020. I intend to try to go through the other ones tomorrow, which means going backwards in time. But then I'll also be making notes for tomorrow, which means tomorrow shall be yesterday's tomorrow night, or the day after tomorrow's morning before yesterday. If you're tired of yelling and screaming at the forces of darkness, remember this, there is a light, and the light is named Jesus. Before I close out tonight, I'd like to say something. Um... There's a lot of pain out there, a lot of people going through a lot of stuff right now. And I don't I don't want to tell you who, but there's somebody in my life. Um, you don't need to know the name because Jesus Christ knows the name. And this person is a person that I care about. And this is a person that is, you know, that is currently very ill. And if you can and you believe in God, please say a prayer. You don't need to know the name. Just say, Lord in heaven, please help my friend Dan's friend who is sick. And I, I will tell you that Jesus will know who this is. And to be more specific, it's someone who's a family member. But I don't want to say more because people have a right to their privacy. That being said, Jesus knows the name. So if you can say a prayer for my friend, if you can say a prayer for my family member who is currently ill, I would really appreciate it. So would Jesus, I think. Um, so would this person. And they don't really need to know. They don't need to know. And you don't need to know the name, but you. But I am asking for the prayer, if you, if you have it in you. And if you don't pray, that's okay too. I'm not here to judge you. But who knows, maybe you should try once or twice or just do this for me. Even if you think it's an empty gesture. I would also say, say a prayer for yourself and say a prayer for the people you love and follow each prayer with amen. And in the prayer, mention the name of your Lord in heaven, Jesus Christ. And I think that that kind of prayer works. I believe that prayer works. So say a prayer for the people you love. Say a prayer for yourself. Say a prayer for the world. Say a prayer for peace, for understanding. Say a prayer that we come to our senses. There are many reasons to pray right now, and it is not an empty gesture. It does tap into the part of the world, the part of ourselves, that doesn't fit neatly into a scientific equation. That, that statement is true. Prayer, tra prayer, ta tra tra prayer um, taps into that. And so it is true. There is a spooky, strange weirdness to this very concept I'm telling you about. But I am telling you it can help. And I am telling you, and I'm asking you, I'm saying, please, I'm asking you, please, if you're able to, say a prayer for my friend. Say a prayer for my family member. Say a prayer for this person that is ill. They can use your help. And, and more importantly, or as importantly, they can use the help of Christ. So for September the 18th, 2020, right around 9.30 p.m.,
good night, good evening, good morning, good yesterday. Say hello to tomorrow when it comes. Say hello to the beasts of yesteryear, the beasts of tomorrow. Say hello to the rats that live inside the cave of your own awareness. And if it's a hamster wheel, a hamster on a hamster wheel, say hello. Say hello to your fears, say hello to your monster, whoever your monster is. Tell your monster to go to hell. Tell your monster to go away. If a demon tap, tap, taps at your window, tell the demon to fuck off. And more importantly, invoke the name of Christ. Invoke the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, in your name, make this demon go away. So for September the 18th, once again, 2020, right around 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, good night, good morning, good morrow, good fellow. Go forth and be yourself. Be free. Be the free human being that God intended you to be. But remember, there are eight warlord clans vying for Seattle. One of those clans shall succeed. Let's hope it's not the Gronkus Lords. <laughs>